This is an IELTS Energy Podcast, Episode 187, How to Use the Passive to Pass IELTS. You are listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection, and we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Get started with our seven easy steps to a seven or higher at allearsenglish.com slash S-E-V-E-N. Now, let's get to the show. Today you'll learn where and how you can strategically insert the passive voice to get that dream score on IELTS writing task one and task two and IELTS speaking. Hey guys, we love to take your questions on this show. So if you have a good IELTS question, a very specific question, please send it to lindsay at allearsenglish.com and we will try to answer it as soon as possible on the show. The email again is lindsay at allearsenglish.com. We can't wait to receive your questions. Thanks guys. This podcast has helped thousands of people get the scores they need on IELTS. With two new free episodes every week, you get advice on everything IELTS, from idioms to academic vocabulary, grammar to pronunciation, and even test strategies for every part of the exam. Don't miss an episode. Hit follow right now. Hey, Jessica, how you doing? Hey, Lizzie, I'm fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Looking forward to the new year, New Year's Eve, going out for dinner with some friends and, oh, fun. you know, good, good stuff. Just in, just, you know, it's, it's fun to celebrate the new year. Are you a New Year's person? Do you like to celebrate the new year? Um, yes and no. The, you know, I'm, I'm almost 36 and doing the whole New Year's Eve thing. I think I tired yeah. out of, of like when I was 26, you know, because know. like there's so much pressure to have the best night ever and then everything's crowded and expensive and like, yeah. Oh, like it's, it's terrible and it's never yeah. as much fun as you think it should be. And it's, I yeah. know, I know. That's so, true. Yeah. I think. I think these days it's more important for me to like have a quiet sort of like a quiet space to think about what I do want to work on in the new year. And it, I don't yeah. know. It's more like personal now, I think, than it used to be. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, me too. I used to go, well, in the past like two or three years, I've gone to my meditation center on New Year's, but this oh, year nice. I'm breaking the mold a little bit and <laughs> going out with friends, doing the more traditional thing, but it's good to mix it up, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I get to spend New Year's Eve with both of my brothers and their families this year, actually. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had New Year's Eve with, um, with both of my brothers in the same place. So this will be really fun and all of our kids together and stuff. All the cousins. So it'll be super fun. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, family is always a good default, right? It's always good to spend time with family. I think that yeah. that's, you know, those are the quality moments in life. And oh, exactly. let's get deep here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Geez, we're like a daytime in inspirational <laughs> talk show. Right. Right. <laughs> soap operas here, soap opera slash IELTS. <laughs> I've IELTS been, um, I, I moved recently and so I don't have cable or internet yet in my house. And so um, lots of the free stations, like half of the free stations are Spanish stations. And oh. it's been fun, like flicking through the telenovelas. Yeah. 
Oh my god, it's so fun. I I love them so much. Like they're, they're so, so dramatic, dramatic and, right? Oh, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> it's a good way to practice your Spanish too. Exactly. I know. I'm really trying to make myself watch the Spanish station a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, huge. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We're not going to talk about soap operas and telenovelas. I know. We aren't we aren't going to talk about those today, but we're going to talk about something almost as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big statement, Lindsay. <laughs> almost as interesting. <laughs> so we had a question. Actually, it's not really a proper question. It's just a comment that one of our our listeners made on a survey saying that there was a they were challenged around this concept of how to use the passive voice on the speaking test and on writing task one. Right. Yeah. That's a really mm. good question. Um, that's the passive voices. It's so hard to understand. I think yeah. coming, you know, from another language, it's, um, where we use it and why we use it. Um, I, I usually tell students that the passive voice, we, we use it usually in three ways. You see it in academic writing, um, mm-hmm. to make sort of blanket statements without mm-hmm. saying who or where exactly the statement comes from. Like, for example, mm-hmm. it is considered, it is considered by many to be the most treasured artifact, right? So, but, and then mm-hmm. that would be followed up with more exact details about that. So these, these academic phrases with passive voice are quite common. Mm-hmm. It is considered, it, it is thought to be stuff like that um Mm. where right like we're not saying exactly who said it because that's not important we don't even know who said it it's just we we think it's all of the smart people said this or (laughs) (laughs) the important thing is the thing that was said right it's the, the concept that's being introduced yeah nice Exactly. So those phrases are really useful for um speaking part three and writing task two. Using passive other than that, I would stay away from because uh, you're likely to use it wrong. And on the test, like on test day, we don't want to take risks, right? So just just these phrases are going to raise your grammar score because they're showing that you can use different structures and use them correctly. So just make sure to memorize two or three phrases like that. And that's what you use in writing task two and speaking part three. Um, the other common times we see passive is in the newspaper, for example. Um, when they're focused on the recipient of the action and it's not important who did it. So for example, um, the thief was arrested last night. Like we, mm. we know the police arrested him. Like that's not important. Right. We know that you don't have to tell me that. So mm-hmm. this, this, I, this concept is hard to get, right? Like yeah. what, when is this important? When is it not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And we use it, of course, in, in general conversation, which doesn't yeah. necessarily apply to the IELTS exam, but we use it when we want to de-emphasize the or right, if someone's mm-hmm. made a mistake, for example, and I know yeah. that that's common in other languages, right, as well in cultures where we want to show a lot of respect, we might de-emphasize right. the person who made a mistake. It's a way of showing kind of social graces and you know taking care of someone in, in your in the way you're speaking about them. That's um, interesting. But, yeah, I never connected it to culture like 
that, but that's really mm. true. This sort of, yeah. um, like the face saving, you know, we always talk oh, about yeah. in connection to various Asian cultures are like that. Oh, the, yeah. Like you never want to blame, you never want to, um, mm-hmm. sort of address a problem or a person head on or directly. And the passive yeah. voice does exactly that. I think for our listeners that come from, um, cultures where the, the face saving is, is a big part of how we Huge. communicate. Um, that is your way into understanding this grammar structure. Yeah, it's really. huge. It's huge. For some students who take the IELTS, they try again and again to get their target score, but they never get there. They might take the exam five or six or 10 times and still never achieve their target score. But when those students use smart strategies and a daily study plan, everything changes and all of a sudden their dreams become a reality. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash insider to get on the right path to IELTS success, to get our insider strategies and to get started today. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. See you there. Yeah, I remember in Japanese when I learned a little bit of Japanese and I often wanted to say, if I remember this correctly, so a natawa means you, and I often wanted to say that, but it, mm. it, they don't say it, they don't start sentences like that very often from what I understood from my very basic Japanese. And you think about culture there, right? So you're not pointing yeah. the finger as much and saying you, 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 right? It's just not part of the, the, the language as much. Right. So. I, I think this is so important to connect the, the, the function and to personalize the function to connect to this grammar, because if you're only trying to understand it from um, an English language perspective, that's impossible because that is not your perspective. But if you try and understand it from your own culture, like think about your own language. Is there something equal to the passive voice, right? Mm. Because in English, we talk about having the active voice and the passive voice. So is there something you can connect it to in your own culture? When when do you use this in your own language? Um, I think without that, it would be really hard to use correctly. Like I know... um, You know, like in studying Spanish, the, um, the subjuntivo, right? The subjunctive mm-hmm, tense. Like that's, mm-hmm, that was really hard to get because it was only yeah. explained to me in the Spanish language context until right. I tried to connect it to what I say in English. It didn't sink in. You know, right, right. But immersing yourself, of course, in, you know, hearing native voices and maybe even traveling to the country, which obviously not all of our listeners can do, but just really immersing yourself, not only in the language, but in the culture and trying to get a sense of how people are thinking in these cultures is, is the key is huge. Yeah. I mean, we have to be curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, your own, putting your own personal context on it is, I think, your entrance, but then really getting to know this on a, on the, the deeper level where you can produce it correctly. The, like you said, that, that can't come without immersing yourself in the target language and culture because it, just grammar on a worksheet, that's yeah. nothing. That is not yeah. going to teach you anything. Like unless yeah, yeah. you connect it to context, you're mm-hmm. wasting your time. <laughs> yeah. Culture and sometimes history even comes into it, yeah. right? I mean, 
Yeah, one of the things that we talk about in the Charismatic Connector, our new course, is we talk about the trophy generation. And that's because one out of three people in the work world is of the millennial generation now. So we talk about how to praise people's efforts. And so it it links links directly to certain skills in English. And why do we need to have those skills? It's because of what this generation kind of was taught growing up. And it's just really interesting to look at history and how it intertwines with culture. Yeah. Yeah, one of my my favorite favorite um one of my favorite classes that I took for my undergrad degree was um philology have you heard Ooh, of that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this was like my favorite class ever. Um philology is tracing the history of a word or a phrase oh, and cool. like looking at how it changed from a certain point of time until now and looking mm. at the historical context around it to just to oh. like sort of like and it, there's no it's not like a hard science. It's really your own interpretation of how yeah. surrounding historical events influence the language and led to this like evolution so all you're doing is like reading about history and culture and then like making guesses about what Uh, happened like at the time like oh god it's so fun and that's also a great way to really learn phrases right because we if we're linking it to an event in history that we care about or that we're we're interested in what happened and interested and how it affected the people we can really learn those phrases on a deep level right this goes so much deeper than grammar and vocab Yeah, yeah totally um a really great website for students who are trying to understand idioms and phrases like that, um, cliches as well, mm-hmm. right, that mm-hmm. are obvious to us and not to them. There's a yeah. website called um, Edem Online. So etymology is the study of where mm. words come from. So Edem Online, it's, a, it's an etymology dictionary. So it's E-T-Y-M online. <laughs> oh, and I like it gives that. you like the stories behind idioms and stuff. And whenever I'm doing idioms with classes, I always have them go to this website so they can, they can write down the story behind this phrase. And that helps a lot. That goes so far with not only understanding it, but remembering it because you're connecting it to all these other ideas. So oh, I love that. Yeah. Adam online that. is awesome. Um, so taking it back to IELTS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're nerding out here a little bit. <laughs> oh, so hard. I love language. Okay. So the, um, the third way. So the first two ways that we've discussed so far for when we see passive most often in the English language is academic writing where you know, mm-hmm. you're, it's a it's a formal way to introduce an idea. Um, newspapers where you're taking the the subject out because it's not important. Um, focusing on the action and the recipient. And mm-hmm. the third way, which directly connects to writing task one, is when we're describing processes because w- we don't know who is doing this. It's a it's a general process that happens all the time, and you're you don't care who's doing it. You only care how the process happens. So um, usually in task one, you you have to describe numbers, right? You have a graph or a table. Sometimes you get this weird category of task one called process. That could be a map or it could be a nature diagram or like a manufacturing process. In the hmm. nature diagrams and the manufacturing processes, um, you have to use passive. Like, there's no way around it. Because, oh, okay. like, for example, if it's the process of how a pencil is made or whatever, like, you, right. you don't know who's making you it. Like, you don't, the pencil. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, you know, Bobby in Des Moines. I don't know. Like, you don't yeah. know. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know why I thought Des Moines. I don't even know where that is. Um, Sounds like it could be where pencils are made. <laughs> I know, right? That sounded, that made sense in my head. Um, yeah. So if you're talking about this on the test, you'll, you'll describe these steps m- mostly in a passive voice. You'll say, hmm. Um, like the pencil is shaped in the machine. The final mm. product is shipped to yeah. other states. So the, the passive will be everywhere in those questions. So it is important. And so as we've said before, those nature diagrams are a little less common, right? Jessica, they're yeah. not as common. So, but we do cover those in our course. We've done, we, oh, we definitely give that time in the video lecture. So if you guys go through our course, you will be prepared even for the less common questions and you'll understand how to use the passive for these types of questions. Yeah. And we do, especially for writing task one, um, the, the, the building of skills that I focus on, grammar is a, a vital part of those skills. I do explain the different sentence structures that will get you the higher scores and show you exactly how to form these different sentence structures. So for passive, for example, that is one of the first steps when I'm teaching you guys about a process. So all of these um, different writing questions are linked to the specific grammar structures that you need as well. So we Good. like I build on all of this, right? First, we talk about um, what the question looks like. And then we talk about on the sentence level and the vocabulary level. And then we bring it together in an essay. So it's all, it's like all it. built. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's not enough to just know that we need to use a variety of grammar structures. We need to practice it. And that's what, what we do give you guys in the Three Keys IELTS success system. I love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ooh, this has been good. I'm glad we <laughs> talked about this. Again, a new topic. We managed to get new angles on new topics all the time. I love it. Because <laughs> we're, we're like amazing. Yeah. That's because that's, that's right. why. <laughs> <laughs> and we're language nerds. <laughs> I know. That was really fun. <laughs> I know. It's fun. We did an episode on the other podcast about literally, about how literally oh. is being misused now. Love it was it. so interesting. I love that topic. It's great. Language is fascinating, but hopefully oh, our listeners awesome. are just as interested in language as we are, or maybe they just want to get their target score and move <laughs> on with their lives. And that's okay too. <laughs> that is totally fine. But I really think if you can find an interesting way into the language as well, into the target culture, into the way we use phrases and why we use phrases um, that you're going to learn that much faster. You know, Love I mean, you, you you have to find something that attracts you about the target culture yes. in yes. right because that's where you're using the language. So I sure. definitely encourage our students to nerd out about some aspect of English. <laughs> yeah, nerd out. I mean, we talked in one episode about creating your character, your native yes. speaking character and deciding where you're from. And maybe the thing you nerd out on is the city that you would love to live in, I in your destination that. country. And you become like yeah. a local. So you consume the material from that. You know, you start getting the local kind of idioms from that city, right? Totally. Or you watch movies from that. Yeah, yeah. There's so awesome. much we could do. Yeah, I love know. it. All right. Very cool. All right, we'll cut it off now before we go off for another half hour. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, thank you so right. much for our nerdy chat today. It was super yeah, fun. Yeah, that was great fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.